You are now tuning in to the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company always brings forward top shelf product and customer satisfaction. Located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Northern Superior is available for local delivery or provide a friendly yet exciting atmosphere inside its tap room. Follow Northern Superior on Instagram or Facebook. You can also check out their website at northernsuperior.org. At Northern, we're superior. It's a Northern thing. Now how about some hockey chat? Let's get to the crew inside the Gem Studios, bringing you Gem and the Game Sports Show Hockey Edition, Top Shelf. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media. It is your host, David McKaig Jr. This is Season 2 opener of the Top Shelf Edition. Fifth season of Hockey Edition overall. Top Shelf presented by the Tap Room at Northern Superior Brewing Company. The Tap Room at Northern Superior is located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Delicious local craft beer. And let's be honest, that place is just off the hook. It is the place to be in town. They're proud sponsors of the Game Sports Show going on four years now. My goodness, time flies. Follow the Tap Room on Instagram and Facebook as well as check out Northern Superior on its website, www.northernsuperior.org. Now, fun fact, rumors are swirling with the expansion of the game entertainment and media. Well, of course, I'm not going to get into that quite yet, but there is lots of things that are going to be upcoming over the next 60 days or so. But for the show here itself, I can tell you we will be on YouTube within the next 21 days. How's that for an exact number? With that, there'll be a video on location, video recordings, back on live to locations as well in person. And you'll literally have every option available to find us. That's on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Amazon, Podtail, YouTube, Google, our website. So many locations to tune into on all the content with the Game Sports Show that it provides. YouTube will be the main spot for the game entertainment and media content, however. Now there's your hint for the game, entertainment, and media. Now getting to this edition, it'll be just yours truly hosting the show. Get used to hearing one voice for tonight's show as Justin, Alex, Dane, Brendan Brooks, Scott Nason, and our newcomer Alex Flood were unable to join us for our show tonight. And I want to make sure that there was a show uploaded tonight since the first night of puck drop in the National Hockey League. Why not episode one be uploaded season two be uploaded for your enjoyment on the first night of the National Hockey League. Makes sense, does it not? Now, getting to tonight's agenda, it'll certainly be sporadic because let's be honest, that is what we're known for. But I can say we'll be only talking about the upcoming NHL season, overall relative NHL updates, favorites going into the season, need-to-know news in the National Hockey League, etc. If you're looking for any local content, and that's in specific to Northern Ontario or Sault Ste. Marie, that was just uploaded within the last 48 hours with the Game Sports Show ESPN 1400 edition. So I'll get you to head over to that way for local news. And as I mentioned, Northern Ontario, Sault Ste. Marie, heck, Ontario Hockey League, that type of news that you're looking to hear that myself and Scotty dive into as, as well as much more even in Michigan, you can veer over there and, of course, veer over there at the conclusion of the show. However, I will say for bonus, I will be including about 30 minutes of that show for your enjoyment and tease. And that will be at the end of this show. Once I've signed off, concluded the show, I will add that at the end. And within that 30 minutes, you'll have two different types of segments. 
First segment being myself, Scott Nason, interviewing Ottawa 67 scout, Sue Thunderbirds GM, and Sue Junior Greyhound type coach, Jamie Henderson. Heck, he's even been on this show as a co-host a couple times. And then the second edition will be the edition of myself and Scott Nason, where we got into the Ontario Hockey League, the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, and much more. But that's it. That's all I'm adding from, from the ESPN 1400 edition. As I mentioned, if you want to hear more of that local love, local content, head over to that edition at the conclusion of this show. Now, I've had our introduction here. Taking a quick breath, it is time for Puck Drop on Season 2, Episode 1 here on Top Shelf. And I'm going to start off the show here with some Canadian hockey team discussion. And we're going to talk about every team. We're going to get some updated news. It's going to be very sporadic. And some of you may hear this upload after the opening night, going into the second night. You may hear this a couple days after. Nonetheless, the content will be relative uh, for you to enjoy as we're not going to dive into specific games. We don't, we don't do that. We do it a little bit different on our show, especially with our audio uploads. So I want to talk about the Canadian teams first. And I'm going to, of course, leave the Atlantic Division for last. There's a good chunk of Canadian teams in there, obviously. The Montreal Canadiens, the Ottawa Senators, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to stick with going over the Western Conference first. And sticking with the Western Conference, I'm going to go to the Central Division first. And that's with the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets in the Canadian division last year, of course, had an unfortunate ending as they were favorites going against the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. But heck, so was the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? So a very deep offensive team, I would say. I, I, I liked their forward structure. I liked the move with Pierre-Luc Dubois. I felt like that was a good move, even though Patrick Laine really knows how to snipe the puck. On defense, that was an area of concern for the Winnipeg Jets. And they did some movement this year. One, of course, that really sticks out, Nate Schmidt. You know, with Nate Schmidt, there's a guy that went over to the Vancouver Canucks in 54 games last year. He really struggled, right? There was a guy who had 15 points. But when he was playing over in Vegas, there was a guy who had 31 points in 59 games. Then he had 30 the season before, 36 the season before. If the Winnipeg Jets can get Nate Schmidt to be the defenseman that he was with the Vegas Golden Knights, then that would be a win for the Winnipeg Jets. They're in a division this year that's tough, let's be honest. You have the Colorado Avalanche. You have the Dallas Stars, who are you know have got to be bound for a rebound this season. The Minnesota Wild. That team is exciting to watch. The St. Louis Blues, another team that you have to think is going to be due for a bounce back this year of sorts. The way they have a net. You know, Tarasenko's coming in this year. Amidst all the trade rumors that he had for him, he's still playing there. I really feel like St. Louis could be a team that is really underestimated going into the season. But, again, hockey has done stranger things. Chicago Blackhawks, Marc-Andre Fleury, I love that trade that they've done. But we're talking about the Winnipeg Jets, sticking to the Canadian teams. This is a team, you know, that's coming off a disappointing playoff exit. Big part of it, Mark Shifley getting, getting suspended. That was a... A very animalistic hit, if you'd like to say. Uh, was it a clean hit? I'm not going to get into if it was a clean hit or not. You could check our previous editions of Top Shelf that have that in the caption if you want to hear my opinion on it. But I feel like this is a the division that the Jets have a chance to be a top three team in this division. For real. I really think the Winnipeg Jets are playoff bound. The moves that they made are, are going to be moves that are going to see if the team can stay healthy. Right? That is the biggest thing. And of course, a lot of teams is ensuring that they can stay healthy. They bring in Riley Nash, who of course had a brief stint in Toronto. You know, you have Nikolai Ehlers, who you're hoping can get healthy. Blake Wheeler, who is, you know, 35 years old this year. That's a veteran. 
You look at the decor, they also have Brandon Dillon there. You know, having uh, Logan Stanley there, having another year of development from last year coming into this year. They have Connor Hallebach in net. How can you go wrong with this team, you think? It is main, making sure that they can stay consistent, the defense can hold up, and as well as they can stay healthy. If this team can stay healthy, they can put up some scary numbers. They can be a very dominant team. And Cole Perfetti will be playing on that team this year. I think he's going to be a great fit in there. They got good veterans to surround him with uh, as a 19-year-old going into this year. They do got a pretty young roster when you think about it. They're, they're hovering around the 28 years old kind of average for age, a little bit under. I don't have exact numbers of that. I'm not going to pull up that stat either. I'm just saying they're a little bit of a younger team. They got a younger decor, um, Billy Hanola. They got Josh Morrissey. You got, of course, Nate Schmidt's only 30. Logan Stanley's 23. Dylan Mello's 28. They got a good fit there. And Dylan DeMello was a guy they almost lost in the expansion draft, but they didn't take him. Connor Hallebach, 28 years old. This is a team that has the right resources uh, on the ice. And I'm a firm believer in Paul Maurice. Heck, he's a friend of the show. So if you're looking at the Winnipeg Jets, they're a team that's going to be a top three team in that division. Colorado's going to be tough. Minnesota's going to be tough. And St. Louis is going to make it tough. Overall, for the Canadian team in that central division, I predict that they finish second in that division this year with Colorado being in first. Going to the Pacific Division, there's more Canadian teams in this Pacific Division. you got the Calgary Flames, you got the Edmonton Oilers, and you got the Vancouver Canucks. Now, I'm going to start off with the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers have been a team that have had how many first-round picks, all right? And they've had first overall picks. May I, may I say I'm correct myself? First overall picks. You know, Yakupov, Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, and of course, Connor McJesus, or I mean McDavid, my apologies. Uh, they're the best player in hockey, Connor McDavid. They have a forward core that they've made some adjustments with. You know, you, you add Zach Hyman on a very hefty contract. If I'm the Edmonton Oilers, I'm a little bit concerned about that contract. If he can stay healthy with his legs, his knees, whatever you want to put it, if he can maintain at least 80% of that contract and put up very high production numbers, this is a team that's going to love that contract. He is going to flourish if he plays with McDavid, Dreisaitl, whatever line that he plays on, he can go up and down the lineup and he makes that line better. Trust me, how do I know? I am a Toronto fan, as everybody knows, and I saw the best with Hyman when he played with Matthews and Marner, and when he was healthy, he was a big reason why that line got the puck. He battled down low, gets the puck out of the zone. He's great in front of the net. McDavid's going to have a weapon in front of the net, again, on the power play. He's a penalty killer. Overall, is he worth the money? Yes, the health was just my concern, and the Toronto boy left to go to Edmonton, and he's going to have the luxury of playing with either Connor McDavid or Dreisaitl. I would, rec I would, I would have to think that he would be playing long term with uh, Connor McDavid and Jesse Puliarvi. I feel like that'd be a good fit uh, for him. But you also have someone who has really strong connections to Sault Ste. Marie, Brandon Perlini. He's also been a special edition guest on the show. They've also had a Warren Forgel. I'm a big fan of that trade for Warren. They did give up a good chunk to get him, but. One thing I didn't like this offseason, trading for Duncan Keith. 38-year-old, so has a lot of money on his contract, but will he be productive? Heck, if you put Duncan Keith with Evan Bouchard or you put Duncan Keith uh, with even a, a Cody Cece, Chris Russell, maybe that would work out. Cody Cece, though, in my opinion, is a 6th, 7th defenseman. Chris Russell is the same thing. Slater Kukuk is the same thing. Darnell Nurse... 
Tyson Berry are the forefront of that blue line. Evan Bouchard is the future of that blue line. You may call me crazy, but I think Keith should be playing with Evan Bouchard, giving him that luxury of having a veteran defenseman who can really think the game and maybe let Evan be that guy who can go with the puck and allow Keith to stay back and allow him uh, to play his 38-year-old type mentality and play that stay-at-home defenseman type role. But that's not even the worst move that the, the that I feel the, that the Oilers did. They made a lot of good moves. As I mentioned, already top of the forward car, really like a lot of their forward movement and the re-sign of Kaylor Yamamoto. I'm a fan of what they've done. Jesse Pugliarvi, there's a young guy who still needs to reach his potential. That forward core, they got something cooking there. They got something cooking. It's just on defense is where the question is, but the biggest question mark of all is in goal. Mikko Koskinen, Mike Smith, you got Koskinen, who's 33. Smith, who's 39. Smith had a killer year last year. Will he be able to duplicate those numbers this year? I'm going to be honest. I don't think he can. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with it, but Smith is a competitor. Okay, so I think if the Edmonton Oilers are going to be looking at something down the road this year, it's going to be looking for improvements in goal. Okay, that is where the improvements are going to take place is in between the pipes if they're going to look at anything. But they're in a division where it's open. They have the ability to be a top team in that division. And I do think the Edmonton Oilers will be a top three team in that division. And I think they will finish second. Going to the Calgary Flames. And I'm not going to spend too much time on the Calgary Flames as much as I did on, on the Edmonton Oilers or even the Winnipeg Jets. But the Calgary Flames, okay, here's a team that also made some significant moves uh, this offseason, okay? Uh, and they are a team that has a strong goaltending. Do you think Markstrom's going to get back? Dan Vlader, I think that was a great backup decision. I think that's a great supporting cast. And net, I think they're really strong in goal. And I, I really like, you know, how they've how they've uh, brought forward um, uh, bringing in Erica Branson. People think that I'm crazy again for saying that. A lot of crazy acquisitions for myself today, but acquisitions I should say. But you have Branson, who's a stay-at-home defenseman, a tough guy, really tough and gritty on that blue line. But the biggest move, speaking of a big guy, Nikita Zadorov, there's a move that I'm a fan of. Overall, the Calgary Flames made moves that were necessary, and. Here comes a big pivotal year about Johnny Goudreau. You know, is Sean Monaghan really the guy that can help carry this team? I think that the Calgary Flames and its fans are in for some uh, in for some trouble this year. I think that they're going to hover around the fourth place position in the Pacific Division. Uh, the, the they're going to hover around fourth, if not third. Okay, and, and that's where I really see them, and they're going to be battling this year with the Seattle Kraken with that because I think the Kraken is going to be a really good team based on what they have filled out. So I'm going to say flat out Calgary Flames. The moves this year, you guys were quiet, yet you guys were pretty active in some addressing some areas of need. But again, will Calgary come up with expectations? Maybe they will prove me wrong. Maybe they will be successful. But I see this team hovering around fourth and third. If I really had to make a prediction, I see Calgary finishing fourth in the Pacific for a lack of moves they could have made and should have made. But their strong point is certainly in goal for them. I'm a fan of Jakob Markstrom and Vlader being added to that roster. The Vancouver Canucks, there's a team again last year, they were plagued by COVID. They, for weeks, they didn't play games. It was hard getting up for those games. They made a lot of waiver moves last year. Boy, VC going there. There's a team that also didn't live up to the expectation uh, last year. Uh, they, they made the additions uh, this year that were very strong though. Okay, you move out. Uh, Nate Schmidt, as I've already alluded to, uh, you move him out to uh, the Winnipeg Jets, as I mentioned. 
And when you really look over at the Vancouver Canucks roster, as I'm looking at it here on the ESPN, proud partner of the Game Sports Show, you the move that they made, Oliver Ekman Larson, huge move. Listen, the guy's 30. He had an off year. He's had some off time in Arizona. Okay, but who hasn't had off time in Arizona? Unless your name is Shane Doan. Arizona hasn't been the most friendly atmospheres to play in. This is a guy who in 2015-16 had 55 points. Last year he had 24 points in 46 games. Okay, there's a guy who's still on pace for over 30 points if he plays a full season. You have 44 points in 2018-2019. I think that that is a massive move, okay? And the Vancouver Canucks weren't down there. The Owl also added Connor Garland. Okay, this guy was a was a highly uh, highly wanted guy at the trade deadline last year. Uh, but obviously, when you look at Connor Garland last year, you know he finished off the season with the Arizona Coyotes, thirty nine points, forty nine games, playing high minutes. He's going to get top six minutes with the Vancouver Canucks. He's been a guy who scored twenty goals in 2019-2020, and he's also a guy who scored consistently thirty nine points in the last couple seasons. And if you put him with a guy who is like Pedersen. Okay, or you put him with Horvat, J.T. Miller. Okay, you put him with one of those guys, uh, uh, Vasily uh, Polzolgin. Like you're gonna put those guys together, you're gonna get results. But Oliver Ekman Larson, okay, and with adding Garland, I think Vancouver has done a pretty good job with their additions. They might be addressing and looking at some, uh, let's say, moves in the season that might improve their team at the deadline. But again, this is a team. Okay, that is still going through some improvement. Getting Jason Dicker, uh, Dickinson, great move. Nick Patan, smarter move. Alex Chason, they filled out some depth. And back end, having Ekman Larson, Hughes, Myers, and Luke Shen, Stanley Cup winner Luke Shen. Good moves. Thatcher Demko is going to be a strong presence back there, who's a good friend with Brandon Brooks, as you saw on our Games 4 show Instagram page. Tucker Pullman. Another move by Vancouver. They made a lot of moves that may have went under the radar. Okay? And I will say about the Vancouver Canucks that they are going to surprise a lot this year. And this may surprise a lot of people. I do think the Vancouver Canucks will finish third this year in the Pacific Division. Okay? I know I mentioned about Seattle, how they're going to be duking it out with Calgary. Obviously... I already talked about the Canadian teams. I imagine how somebody would be first. The first place team in that Pacific Division is going to be the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Seattle and, and Calgary are going to be tied. That's my bold prediction for the in the Pacific Division. Uh, but Seattle I, it will be technically fifth because of statistics. So you have Vegas, you have Edmonton, you have Vancouver, you then have Calgary, followed by Seattle, then going down. The Los Angeles Kings are going to be right up there, though. They're starting to really show that they're going to be coming out to play soon. The Los Angeles Kings are going to be a very good hockey team very, very soon. But as I sit here and take a nice sip of a Northern Superior Brewing Company pint, and that is a Northern Light, because, you know, I'm definitely watching the, the pounds. This will be a very exciting division to watch. But the Oilers and Golden Knights will be the two teams battling for the top spot. Now, before I go over to Eastern Conference, I already mentioned Norrin Superior as I say you're having a delicious brew from Norrin Superior as, of course, Top Shelf is presented by the Tap Room at Norrin Superior Brewing Company. I must give a shout out to additional sponsors uh, with the Game Sports Show. All right, we got Sports Center Bar and Grill. You got North Shore Sports and Auto. 
You have, of course, uh, you have Living Sisu, 44 Vision Hockey. A lot of proud sponsors, of course, are ESPN, 1400 Editions with their ESPN partner. But special shout-out to Little Caesars Pizza. Mike Flamia, the owner of Little Caesars Pizza, who's a big fan of the Game Sports Show as well. And he, Little Caesars is the powered of edition, as I guess I should mention it, for our special edition. Of course, you can check out on thegamesportshow.com and where you listen to your podcast. Now, enough with product plugs at this current time. We are only 20 minutes into the show. We are still following a time constraint here. I'm hoping that uh, that we can keep it within the half hour here. So I'm going to keep booging along here. And that is with the Atlantic Division will be last, or sorry, next up. Last, of course, talking about the Canadian teams. You have the Ottawa Senators, you have the Montreal Canadiens, and you have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, I think everyone knows what team I'm going to talk about last, all right? Let's, I'll go bias just for that, all right? But it won't be a biased decision. I want to save some good points for that. I want to talk about the Ottawa Senators. They made some good moves this offseason as well, all right? They, you know, unfortunately in goal, Matt Murray hasn't been able to work out. I'm really hoping that he can get back to what he was because it's going to be a pivotal move for the Ottawa Senators. But they were a little bit more quiet than what we're really used to. Scott Sabrin gets to go back as... Everyone may know who Scott Sabrin is. Matthew's point on the back. He did play in the Maple Leafs organization last year. A little bit of toughness and grit on that team. But, of course, you're going to get a season of Shane Pinto. Tyler Ennis signed there this year. Zach Sanford is there. Tim Stutzla's there. This team is still rebuilding, and it's a big lead with Connor Brown. I'm a big fan of Connor Brown. It's very unfortunate that Toronto had to move on from Connor Brown. Expecting a bigger year from Josh Norris. Uh, Nick Paul is going to keep playing a bigger role as he grows. Uh, very excited about this young team, but this is an Ottawa Senators team that is still rebuilding, that is still taking the time. They drafted Sanderson this offseason. They're still going to be taking the time. They're going to be looking on the outside uh, of going in, but they're not going to finish last. All right, they're not going to finish last in this division. They will finish second last in this division, however, and have another high draft pick. But you watch, next two to three years, Ottawa will be up in the top four in this division, and they're going to be one scary fucking team to watch. The Montreal Canadiens. Okay, moving along here, as there's really not too much to really dive upon with the uh, Ottawa Senators that I want to dive into. Now, Montreal, they've been on the storyline of some off-season additions that we had. You know, Carey Price, who just... Um, you know, we'll be taking time away from the game, so best wishes there to Carey Price. Shea Weber, you know, who's going to be on IR. He might not play hockey uh, again, uh, which is very sad. And then, of course, with the draft of Mayu this year, a lot of controversy goes over to the Montreal Canadiens. And honestly, the Montreal Canadiens, I really feel that this is a team with losing. Uh, yeah, Jasperi Continiemi, I really feel that that was a big loss for the Montreal Canadiens. They did just claim Adam Brooks off waivers, and he is a former Leaf, of course, which I think is a loss, but they did trade for Christian Dvorak. I think that is a big move for Montreal. He's definitely a bigger forward. He's strong. Uh, and now Jonathan Drouin is back in the lineup as well. Uh, so you got to really watch this team Okay, as you know, they, they still have a team that made the Stanley Cup Finals. They're all intact. The only unfortunate thing is Shea Weber's not there. Continiemi's not there. Carey Price is not there. So they're missing some pieces. But with what they have up the middle, I think that is where it's a little bit weak. 
a little bit weaker because you got Brooks, Dvorak, Evans, Paquette, Polian, Suzuki. Suzuki just signed a massive contract extension. He's obviously your number one center. But on the wings, you have some, you have some depth. You got Drouin, you got Anderson. Okay, you got Cole Caulfield. You got Brandon Gallagher, Tyler Toffoli, who lit the lamp last year. Okay, but I do think Montreal really was on an all-time high going into last year's playoffs. And after beating Toronto, they just rolled that momentum and with Carey Price all the way to Stanley Cup Finals. But the big move that I really liked in the offseason was with David Savard. I am a massive David Savard fan, Stanley Cup winner with Tampa Bay last year. He blocks shots. He's great in his defensive zone. He's from Quebec. So he gets to go back to where in his home kind of province, and he gets to maybe fill the void that where Shea Weber was, right? And I, he's not no Shea Weber. I still think Shea is a better defenseman than David Savard, but David Savard is going to be a great substitution for the uh, Montreal Canadiens, for Shea Weber, and it's going to make that Atlantic division even more tighter and a lot more competitive. Very interesting how it works out without having Carey Price and if they get behind a little bit too early as the season goes on. Montreal, I don't think, will live up to the hype uh, for, the, for the season that they had last year. Okay, uh, so if I'm going to sit here and say right now, I'm going to fly it, I'll tell you, division champions are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, so that's my spoiler there. And to round that out in the top four, you're going to have Tampa, you're going to have Boston, Florida, and Toronto. So finishing fifth, you will have the Montreal uh, Canadiens, and they're going to make a real tough run for the wild cards. I feel like the Atlantic is a lot stronger than the Metropolitan Division, so I think you can see two teams from the Atlantic Division making it into the wild card. So don't say I'm not making the, that they're not making the playoffs. I think that they are a playoff team. Montreal. Uh, but I do think both wild cards are going to be in the Atlantic, uh, in the Atlantic division, and Montreal will be one of them. Now, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we're talking about the Canadian teams here on the Game Sports Show, Top Self Edition, Season 2, Episode 1. The Toronto Maple Leafs are who I'm saving for last. Now, the reason why I'm saving Toronto for last is, of course, well, they are favored to be Canada's team this year. However, they don't have the most Canadians on the team. That is the Edmonton Oilers. Fun fact. So are they truly Canada's team? Man, well, maybe not. Maybe the Edmonton Oilers are going to be Canada's team this year and be higher. Maybe the Jets will finish higher. Heck, they're going to make a run for their money. I'll tell you right now, the Oilers and Jets are going to be close with Toronto and points this year. Mark my words right now. That's one thing I can almost game sports show guarantee here. My prediction success, uh, success rate is actually pretty high, except don't listen to the strike zone edition that we just had. I predicted the wrong World Series winner. Spoiler alert, I, I predicted Tampa Bay. Obviously, that didn't age too well, but we're talking hockey here. The Toronto Maple Leafs, they're a team, okay, that made me disgusted last year. I was so excited, as were a lot of other Leaf fans, sitting on the couch looking at our phones, watching games, despite their runs of inconsistency. Trust me, if you're a Leaf fan, inconsistent parts of the season always happen. There's a losing streak where everyone's going to get fired. Then there's a winning streak where everyone should get promoted. And then everyone should be traded for it. Then apparently Wayne Gretzky's coming out of retirement. Okay, pump the brakes. Listen, as I sit here in the Gretzky corner looking at my Wayne Gretzky pictures behind me here, wishing that that would be a fact, uh, or maybe I should just kind of maybe take a seat on the Condero couch here in the Game Sports Show and maybe collect my thoughts while I say that because that's a dream. But the, the Toronto Maple Leafs made additions this year that are gamble-type picks, all right? But I'm talking about last year briefly, and you can check out previous uh, top-shelf editions from last year where I stood with the Toronto Maple Leafs, 
And I did say that it's going to be hard going into this season to have any optimism or excitement. How can you be more excited watching this team than you were last year? You can't. You can't. The way the team was built last year, the storylines with the teams, the layout of the division, no offense to Montreal or Winnipeg, Edmonton, Toronto was the best team in that division. That's why they won it. And they actually were the strongest team in that division. But Montreal was obviously a better playoff team and it all stood in goal. But that doesn't mean Jack Campbell wasn't going to goal. He was phenomenal in goal. I don't care what anybody says about Game 7, him letting in a goal. If it wasn't for Jack Campbell, they probably wouldn't have even got to Game 7. They probably wouldn't have even been up 3-1 to one, despite some of the success they had at the Bell Center. Jack Campbell was a big reason why that team was there. But Carey Price did outplay Jack Campbell, which is amazing to say because Campbell played fantastic. Carey Price was a big part of that defensively. Montreal shut down somebody named Mitch Marner and somebody else named Austin Matthews. Mitch Marner was a joke in the playoffs. And it's funny because 48 hours after that, he was golfing on, in the golf course, which is a fucking joke. I'm sorry to say, if I was Dubas, I'd be absolutely pissed. And I hope there's a season two of that Amazon thing where maybe Kyle called Mitch saying, what the fuck are you doing having your name on a golf course 48 hours after we get eliminated? I don't care what relaxation you take. I don't care what your idea is to cope. You do not show your face for seven days because you should be sore for grinding out a seven-game series. As Sean Avery said, I'm taking that quote from Sean Avery in a memo that he gave to somebody or cameo, whatever the heck it's called. But this team was a disappointment again in the playoffs, losing in game seven. This team hasn't won on to the second round in 17 years. And it's been 54 years since they've won a Stanley Cup. I'm 30. That's almost double my age. That's fucked. That's a lot of time. I'm really cursing with Toronto because that's all I really feel about with the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. I am not excited for this year. I'm really not. I don't think they're going to be as good as people said that they are this year. Are they a playoff team? Absolutely, they are a playoff team. They are built for playoff to hockey. Are they a top five favorite for the Stanley Cup? I find that hard. Top 10? Absolutely. Top seven? Probably. But I think there's other teams that have caught up to them this year that are kind of going under the radar. But maybe the moves that they made, Freddie Anderson, gone. Nick Foligno, gone. A lot of moves that the teams have made, they are very, very uh, good moves that they have made. One forward that I'm surprised that's there is Ilya Mikhaev, Pierre Ingvall. But they did make some moves with Andre Kasha being there now, Michael Bunting being there, Nick Ritchie. Love that Nick Ritchie move. Michael Matteo, Sault Ste. Marie native, being with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, there's, there's some moves that they made down in the depth with David Camp as well, who can go up and down the lineup. It is a great fit that they did with a lot of these players. And on defensively, there's no moves. You still have the same decor in place in Toronto. DJ Brody, Hall, Muzzin, Riley, Sandine, Dermott, Lilligren. Same decor. Why change it? It really worked last year. It worked in the Canadian division. Will it work now that you're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston Bruins, and the much-improved Florida Panthers? I really don't know. Jack Campbell, Peter Morazic. I'm going to miss the hell out of Freddie Anderson. I really think that that was a, tr a move that they should have just re-signed Freddie and made it work. I really think him and Jack complement each other, but if you really watch an Amazon Prime All or Nothing series, you can see that Freddie was checked out. He was done. He didn't want to be there anymore. He didn't want to be there. Jack Campbell is my favorite hockey player in Toronto almost of all time. Everybody loves Jack Campbell. Everyone should love Jack Campbell. 
despite the success that he had last year being in the Canadian division, he will be good this season. Peter Morazic, he's been very consistent when he's been healthy. Okay, when he's been healthy, he has been consistent. And I'm hoping that both goalies can stay healthy. Because if they don't, there could be a little bit of trouble. All right? No matter if Hutch can come back up, even though it seems like he's uh, moved on uh, from waivers, I wonder if there's going to be a move for Michael Hutchinson. Okay? Yeah, he's with the Toronto Marlies right now. I wonder if uh, the Hutchinson going back to Florida would ever be a reunion. There's a lot of rumors go around with that. But I don't want Hutchinson being the guy. If both goalies go down, you're going to need to make a move. Freddie, though, there's another guy that also had trouble with his health. You know, I'm hoping Jack Campbell, Peter Morazic can carry the load. But the moves Toronto made this year, they addressed a lot of concerns. One name I didn't mention, Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting, former Sissimri ground, of course, a lot of the team roster is. Michael Bunting has the capabilities of going up and down the lineup. Okay, I really think Michael Bunting should be playing with Matthews and Marner, giving that opportunity and put Richie uh, with Tavares and Elander because Elander doesn't really like being in the corners too much where Nick Richie does. So I feel like getting the puck out and then centering it to Willie who gives it to Tavares or uh, shoots and scores, I feel like that would be an ideal way. But with Mikhaev's eight-week injury, with Matthews being out the first three games, they're really going to test the depth early. But I got my eyes on Andre Kasha. That is where my eyes are on. And vintage. If I had a second favorite leaf to pick, it'd be close between Jason Spencer and John Tavares. Sorry, Matthews is my top three. Okay, Marner has really fell down my depth chart this past postseason. Uh, and this is no offense, of course, to Michael Matteo, who's from the Sioux. Uh, but you, uh, you have a team that made moves necessary with the money that they had because they spent too much money on Tavares, on Marner, and, of course, Matthews is worth every penny. Marner's worth it in the season, but for him to be fully worth that contract, he needs to show up in the playoffs. If you look at Braden Point's stats, no matter how many more games Braden Point has played, if you look at the average and difference, it is astronomical, that, that comparison. And Mitch Marner needs to show up this year, and this is the year where Toronto has to do it. It's this year and next year. All right? After that... Florida's going to keep growing. Ottawa's going to keep growing. I really don't see Tampa going anywhere because that organization's looking pretty solid. Detroit's going to keep growing. they got the best GM in hockey there in, uh, in Detroit. And look at the Metropolitan Division. You've got the Islanders who probably won't be going away. The Rangers have some good prospects in their system. Uh, this, that's a team that's New Jersey Devils. They're one day going to keep growing. They spent some money this offseason. And you look at the Western Conference. Colorado's always going to be there. Edmonton's growing. LA's growing. Teams are coming up the rear for the Toronto Maple Leafs to be a top five favorite. And if they're going to win, it's this year or next. Is there a third year? Maybe. I can talk to you then. But Toronto needs to prove that they can get past the first round first. I don't even want to talk about Stanley Cup because they have to get past the first round. I spent a great deal talking about Toronto here, and I'm already four minutes over 30 minutes right now. But, and that's fine because I have a time standard to follow. But heck, I'm not following it right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs are overall a team that I'm not excited to watch this year. But I'm ho excited hockey's back, and I will watch them. I'm a diehard fan. But I'm going to have actually my expectations lowered this year. I am going to have expectations lowered. I just want to take a step-by-step -step plan. I'm hoping Toronto can get in the playoffs, step one. Step two is win, the, win a fucking round. Step three is win another fucking round. Step four is win another fucking round. And step five is win the fucking Stanley Cup. Okay? How many times can you say fuck in the same sentence? I just did right there. You could probably say it more, obviously. But Toronto needs to prove itself.
and I feel like this team can do it with the current team that they have. Defensively, they're great. Goalies stay healthy. They will do it. I will say flat out right now, Tampa's already finishing first in this division. Flat out. Second and third will be battled out between Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. And guess what that means? Toronto will be playing the Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs. That is my prediction. Toronto will finish second in the Atlantic Division. I will not predict that they'll get past the first round. I will not predict if they're going to be Stanley Cups. All right? I'm not even going to predict Stanley Cup. I'm not going to predict the Stanley Cup champion. I don't Because I don't want to be biased to say Toronto. And I don't want to go against Toronto. But I will give a spoiler. I am leaning against Toronto for it. I'm hopeful that I can sit in front of my television, if it's here at a bar at Northern or at a bar wherever, crying on the floor because they've won a Stanley Cup. I hope I'm on scene for that. Never mind, use the media passes. But I hope that I'm wrong, that there's some doubts going into this year about health, that there's doubts that they're going to be better than last year. And I hope they make my optimism go back to what it was last year and I hope they instill belief or belief, if you will, into me so I can see this team be successful and win at least a playoff series or maybe, luckily, by all health reason over them win a, a Stanley Cup. My prediction with Toronto, however, great offseason by Dubas. Bunting, Kasha, Richie. Uh, I like the addition with Amadio. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of them re-signing Simmons, keep that grip, and substituting Freddie Anderson. Who knows what happened behind closed doors, getting Peter Morazic, consistent goaltender. I hope they can bounce around each other all season. I'm very into this. I like this team. It's good. They've done what they've had to do. Is it as good as last year? Uh, I don't know. It might be slightly less because I was uh, very excited when Felino uh, was there, of course. And, of course, with Freddie being there with Jack, a little bit more excited about that team last year. But a lot of the players are the same. They just filled the holes needed as necessary and this is a team that will be successful this year they'll be in the playoffs and let's hope that they instill that extra boost of excitement that fans had last year because if I'm like every other fan that I know is a diehard it was hard watching that and it's hard to not be disgusted and get excited for this year because of all the hopes that have been crushed and is that the life of sports? Sure. Look at the Cubs. Look at other teams that haven't won the Sox in a lot of time. I, can, I cannot imagine. If the Leafs go as long as the Cubs and Red Sox did, I'm, I'm going to be dead. Okay? I better see multiple championships by the Toronto Maple Leafs in my lifetime. The way this team is, it's too good to not be successful. So I'm lowering expectations this year a little bit by saying they're second, not saying that they're going to be winning the Cup, not saying that they're going to be this. I just know they're good. They're going to be good. And I think they will provide excitement and reinstill that optimism for us. But they have to prove it. And they have to do it fast because the window's going to close. People may say, think I'm, I'm incorrect with that because of the youth on this team. But contracts are going to run out. Things are going to change. And hopefully I'm wrong about that. But to say that you're excited to watch this team this year, especially more than last, is hard for me to say. But I will watch them. And I will take pride in watching them because they have a good team to ice. And heck, their GM's Kyle Dubas from the Sioux. A lot of Sioux ties. Represent the Sioux, even if they're not from the Sioux. If you're a Leaf fan, keep the optimism high. Keep the expectations lower. And let's hope that they rebound from an atrocious ending 
last year. And maybe season two of Amazon, All or Nothing, will be a bit more positive with Will Arnett not saying, ah, shit. Maybe we'll actually hear Will Arnett get excited. Toronto Maple Leafs, ladies and gentlemen. Extra time about Toronto. There it is. You wanted my venting. I was disgusted. I still am disgusted about last year. And I'm still going to watch them this year. But my expectations not going to invade my mind or my time. That's been the Canadian team coverage. I did promise I was going to get into other news around the National Hockey League, so I'm going to do that. Of course, I talked about Nick Suzuki's contract extension. Brian Boyle will have signed a one-year contract with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Boone Jenner named captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is fantastic. Uh, you have the Kraken who are making their season opener. That is on October 12th. That is the day that this is being recorded. Mark Giordano named captain of the Kraken. Very happy they named the Kraken, uh, a cat, wow, Kraken. They named a captain for the Kraken in their first season, and it should have been no one other than Mark Giordano. I think that was a great, great decision. I don't think they're going to have the same success as Vegas did, but I believe that they're going to be a very exciting team to watch. And on opening night here in the in the first night of the NHL, you have Tampa, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Seattle in the first night. I'm sure they're all going to be very exciting games, but tomorrow night you got a lot of games going on. And I wonder, does Toronto raise the North Division banner <laughs> in front of Montreal? Would you do that? Not saying that I know if they are or not. I was having a conversation with someone today, and they mentioned to me that imagine if Toronto lifted that banner against Montreal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you won the division, but yeah, we're the team that beat you in Game 7. Oh yeah, you lost another Game 7. Every elimination game that you've had that can be basically remembered, it seems like, in the last 17 years we haven't made it past the first round, has been a Game 7 or end a series collapse or a game collapse in Game 7. Oh, the, just absolute atrocious. But you have a lot of new, new faces in new places that's going to be very exciting to see how that kind of works out and turns into... Um, it, it turns into success for teams and players. And as the season goes on, of course, Sue White, Colin Miller with the Buffalo Sabres. It's going to be another tough year for Buffalo, but I hope it's not a tough year for Colin Miller. Heck, speaking of caller, Colin Miller, sorry, you can check out uh, Special Edition Episode 46 on thegamesportshow.com. Our upcoming season, uh, or Special Edition upload, will be Episode 47 with Patrick Jarrett. Another Sue White, a little bit more local love on some of these Special Editions most recently. Before we go over to YouTube, because our first ever video YouTube upload will be with... with the one and only Theo Fleury. Oh, that is fantastic. But I'm not going to get into it anymore. I'm already going uh, a little too much than I want to. So the NHL right now getting underway. Of course, you have a lot to talk about with the Canadian teams. I do want to give a special love to Detroit. Detroit is a lot, obviously a lot of listeners from Detroit that tune into Top Shelf in our ESPN edition, of course, in particular. The Detroit Red Wings, Butch Davis did talk about a lot. This is a team that, again, is still re rebuilding. I know no one likes that term, rebuilding, but they are. Uh, a lot of issues with Tyler Bertuzzi going into this year, uh, but this is a team that's still growing. They made, they, they're going to be that team that should not be underestimated in this division, but they're still a couple years away uh, from playoff hockey. Columbus Blue Jackets. The Columbus Blue Jackets, there's a team that uh, they're retooling. There's, okay, you, you, lose, um, you lose Seth Jones this year, but that move that they made with the Chicago Blackhawks getting Boquest, that is a very good move by the uh, by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, getting Boone Jenner, he is obviously a leader. Max Domi, 
I wonder if he can be healthy. But I think there's a lot of players on this team that are going to be more used as trade bait uh, going into um, the the upcoming trade deadline throughout the season because Columbus will not be a playoff team this year. Sorry to say to Columbus fans. And I never thought I would say this. Sedano Chara, Zach Parise, okay, being on the Islanders. For some reason, I'm excited to watch the Islanders play hockey. I dislike the Islanders in terms of, for some stupid reason as a kid, I just never really liked the Islanders. Could have been the Leafs-Islanders playoff rivalry back in 04. But like, like I said, I always think the Islanders, you know, they've had success in the 80s. Maybe I was jealous. I don't know what it is. But that team that they ice with the Islanders is one exciting team to watch. But the most exciting team to look out for this upcoming season is the Florida Panthers. Joe Thornton, loving it. I think that the Florida Panthers are, are going to be a playoff team. Okay, They're the ones that will be finishing fourth in that division in the Atlantic. They're going to get the other wild card. And they're going to be a team that could be a Cinderella story. Okay, they have the right pieces in place. They're exciting to watch. They have good management, good coaching. Got to watch out for Florida. I just hope that their fans can get to the games to watch them. We have another team in the National Hockey League, Seattle Kraken. Lots to watch and a lot to enjoy. Arizona bringing back the original jerseys. You know Biz Nasty was loving that. A lot of fans were loving that. I'm sure Jeremy Rolnick put on the jersey somewhere. That's a, a historic logo uh, in the National Hockey League. But, of course, there's a lot that I dove into. I have a, I've gave a lot of extra love to the Canadian teams, given that we are based in Ontario. But I gave some love to every American team that I talked to in every division, uh, essentially, and some moves that really uh, stood out. Uh, but if I'm telling you one thing that I am watching this year, it is watching Freddie Anderson on the Carolina Hurricanes. Auntie Ranta and him are going to be a great duo. They're both 32 years old. They're veterans. I know I'm not watching it for Jake Gardner, okay? But I can tell you with Jesperi Contaniemi going there, Martin Nakas, all that team looks very good. Carolina might be a team that comes out of the Metropolitan Division. And that is over the Islanders, who are going to be very good this year. The Hurricanes could be an Eastern Conference final team. They are looking absolutely sexy. And I don't mean that in terms of actually looking sexy, okay? I mean that that roster and the names are looking sexy, okay? This is a team with strong defensively still, strong def offensively, great in goal. They are finishing first in that Metropolitan Division. And I got my eye on Fetty Anderson. He's a top 10 fantasy goalie this year. If you didn't pick him on fantasy, you're crazy. I don't care who he's sharing the, the pipes with. He is going to get the majority of the games. I say 50 games for Freddie at least this year, as long as he can stay healthy. And he will win 34-plus games will be my prediction with Freddie Anderson. And he's going to have quite the bounce back. And we're going to sit here and go, oh, Toronto should have kept him. Despite how good Jack and Peter Mrazek do, Freddie Anderson is going to have a bounce back here with Carolina. He has the team to really bounce back, especially. I've went 17 minutes over that I wanted to, okay? So I'm going to stop it there for our top shelf edition here, powered by the Game Entertainment Media and presented by the Tap Room and Norton Superior Brewing Company. You know where to find us. I said at the beginning, we have a lot of big things coming. I already went to that. You know where you can find Norton Superior. You got social media. You got your phone. You got your website. Just look at that. All right, just look at that and you will get what you are looking for. And if you want some delicious beer, get your asses down to the tap room. 
God, it's the best atmosphere in Sault Ste. Marie. And if you're from out of Sault Ste. Marie, yeah, you're not here in Blind River, you're in Sudbury, you're in Michigan, you're in, we have listeners even on Sweden, overseas, wherever you may be, if you can order or try an Orange Spirit Brewing type product, get your lips on those. Satisfy your taste buds, all right, because they will do that at Northern Superior. But if you ever come to Sault Ste. Marie from out of here, get to Northern Superior. The tap room is fantastic, and they have a strong supporting cast uh, there and staff, and they strongly support local restaurants as well, which we love here on the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media. A lot of things coming up this week. We know Scotty and Scarpino have a soccer edition. We have an in-the-pocket edition on the 13th, which is Wednesday tomorrow. We have a special edition upload, as I mentioned, with Patrick Jarrett. We had a previous ESPN 1400 edition that you could tune into if you want some more local love, uh, as well as uh, you, we, we're going to have upcoming shows uh, through that as well as basketball. And one is going to be starting very soon within the next few weeks as well. So there's a lot to get to, a lot of content. Schedules, I can tell you right now, are going to be very sporadic. But what I can tell you is that recordings for Top Shelf are going to be on either Mondays and Tuesdays, in which they'll be uploaded on Tuesdays. Special edition uploads will continue to be sporadic. Our only consistent uploaded shows will be our ESPN 1400 edition on Mondays, Top Shelf on Tuesdays, and In the Pocket on Wednesdays. Other shows will be uploaded as needed and sporadically, and that will be on all of our platforms. Uh, Top Shelf will be either a weekly or bi-weekly edition, may I add as well, based on news. There is a lot of local news that we cover, but we do cover a lot of that on our ESPN edition. But any additional love that we give to our local teams here in Sault Ste. Marie, we will have that on Tuesdays. But as I mentioned, weekly or bi-weekly upload on Tuesdays for Top Shelf. Season 2, this has been episode 1 of season two and it's been David McKaig and look one person can talk for 50 minutes without barely taking a breath and still enjoying a beer god I can even talk for another two hours if I wanted to and I can tell you I am recording this inside the Game Entertainment Media Studios and my fiance is probably outside the door probably laughing and shaking her head how her significant other can talk for this long as I'm sure you're wondering the same thing this has been the top shelf edition as I mentioned episode one season two presented by the tap room at Northern Superior. I got to as much as I can get to today with all the breath that I can provide. Talked about every team. Talked about some news. Talked about the Canadian teams in each division and where they'll probably finish. And I think I'm going to be right. But comment below on what you think. And as the weeks go by, we'll get into all the content that you desire to hear. My final thought that I will say is how do you think the refing will be this year? I think it's going to remain inconsistent. And a lot of us saying, how the fuck is that a penalty? But who knows? Maybe we'll have a ref on the show as an interview one day. Teaser. Comment below what you think with that question that I'll leave you with. Now, don't forget that I will be adding to the end of the show the 30 minutes teaser, if you will, with our ESPN 1400 edition of the Game Sports Show. Myself and Scott Nason, who interviewed Jamie Henderson, who plays multiple hats in the world of hockey. And then also myself and Scott's own segment, from the ESPN 1400 edition, an extra 30 minutes of content. Look at that bonus upload for you to tune into with the Game Sports Show. Look, we're always aiming to please. It may look like this show is an hour and a half, but really it's only 50 minutes of hearing me than extra content that you should have already listened to. Pretty straightforward, right? Listen to that, then check out our ESPN edition from the week and keep an eye on everything that we will be uploading here on the Game Sports Show. Getting to the sign-off here. Remember, we got more coming after the official sign-off and et cetera that comes with the conclusion. So make sure you keep the volume up for that. 
And it's been David McKaig, your host of Episode 1, Season 2 of Top Shelf. I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Zachary Kelly. I'm a professional goaltender in the Washington Capitals organization. If you're a sports person, well, you need to download my new app. It's called Living Sisu, S-I-S-U. Everything about sports, from discounts to events to just learning new tips and tricks about sports. Download the app. Follow us on Instagram. We have the app just came out there on iOS and Android. Just want to say a big shout out to the guys at the Game Sports Show. Thanks a lot. And I really appreciate you guys. And we'll talk real soon. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Joining us on the game for the next two segments, co-host of the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario, David McKegg Jr. Kegger, appreciate you coming on the show and happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, and all our Canadian listeners tonight. Thank you, Scotty. It's uh, definitely great to have a holiday Monday, uh, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners and followers of the Game Sports Show. And you said right there, Scotty, two additions two segments, I should say, rather, that I'm going to be on. So back-to-back, that's absolutely uh, the record for the last year and a half, 18 months. We haven't been able to do more than one session together because of COVID and travels going across the border, et cetera. We've been limited to just doing the one segment. So I'm happy that we are doing uh, two for tonight's show. And uh, joining us as well for this segment, uh, Jamie Henderson. Jamie has several roles uh, in the world of hockey, including his newest role with the Sioux Thunderbirds of the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League as their general manager and assistant coach. Uh, Jamie is also the head coach of the Sioux Junior Greyhounds of the Great North Under-18 Hockey League. And, oh, by the way, he finds time rather to scout the Ottawa 67s of the Ontario Hockey League. Jamie, thanks for taking time out. Welcome to the game, and ha- happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, it's a great uh, day over here on our side, and uh, you know, looking forward to chatting with you guys. Jamie, the first question I want to ask you is, and we were talking about this before we went on air, how do you find time to manage uh, basically three different hockey positions, uh, several high-profile positions, and maintain a family life in your busy schedule? Mm. Certainly, uh, you are the busiest man in show business as far as hockey. How how do you find time to balance all this? Uh, Well, you hit the nail on the head there. Obviously, the family, um, you know, dynamic is, is really important to me, and I have a really supportive um family system actually a uh, baby number two on the way uh just to make things a little busier uh, this week actually so very um, good <laughs> so uh yeah you know what i mean she understands that this is something that i i really um you know i'm passionate about i really enjoy working with with young players i i, I enjoy um you know learning uh, as much as i can about the game and so she sees that and obviously you know there's some balancing that has to take place um you know, we tried to coordinate the schedules as much as possible between the U18 and, and the Thunderbirds, but ultimately they'll be, you know, I won't be 100% attendance for everything, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll certainly do my best. There'll be days where I have, uh, you know, like last weekend where, uh, you know, I coached the U18 game at noon and then, uh, you know, I was around obviously for the night game for Thunderbirds as well. So it'll be days like that. And, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just get through the winter. will go by quick, but, uh, you know, I'm really excited. Uh, we have a great thing going with the Thunderbirds so far. Um, you know, with our ownership group, I was really honored that they, you know, thought enough of me to bring me back on board. And I've just really enjoyed coaching the U18. So I, I wanted to keep doing that at least for the, for uh, the time being. And then, you know, when someone like, uh, you know, a program like the Ottawa 67s, 
you know, ask you to, to join it's, it's, it was a pretty uh, easy. Yes. So yeah, it definitely takes some, some balancing and some juggling. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, I just got to be organized and, and give as much as I can to each and, and also take care of home as much as I can as well. See the big thing, Jamie, and you're so busy in the winter, then the summer, you're a golfer too. I think people kind of recognize that. And, you know, I only see you on the course once a year uh, because essentially that's all I really go, as you can tell with my golf game. Uh, but it, it's, it's definitely for a tournament that has, uh, is very significant, of course, to, uh, for myself and yourself uh, with Michael Doan. And you're just, you find ways to fill the gap because the winter is definitely probably the busiest, I would say, for you out of the two seasons. But uh, you, you, you mentioned off air that you, you like to keep busy. You're a busy type of individual. So you try to fill in the gaps even uh, with the summer with golf. But now that you have these three positions in hockey and a second baby on the way, I don't think you're going to be able to uh-huh. equal up the busyness this, su- uh, this upcoming summer. This summer might feel like a bit more of a relaxation summer, maybe, because you do have two kids. Yeah, right probably not. Probably not, to be honest here. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm really proud. I've been a PGA, a member of the Canadian PGA now for 23 years, just finished my 23rd season and it was a it was a little more of a challenge when I was actually managing a golf course now I'm just giving golf instructions and coaching um you know some young players and that so um you know it's really busy from about May till August um but you know back in the day when I was you know whether it was running Crimson Ridge or Silver Creek you know the the hockey season as you guys know never really ends so it would definitely be a challenge in the summer um now with you know just giving lessons I can kind of coordinate that but we're really busy with CJ Hockey, uh, which is a um, company Cole Jarrett started, and we we work with players from, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old all the way up to the OHL and the professional players here in the summer. So the summers, uh, you know, I, I get out to play once a week, sometimes twice golf, um, but we're on the ice, you know, we would be on the ice 20 to 25 hours a week, wow, okay. um, you know, all summer with CJ Hockey. And then obviously, you know, when you're the GM of the Thunderbirds, there's recruiting and, True. and you're, you're worrying about the budget and advertising and, and the operational side of things. So, um, yeah, but I'm definitely going to continue to find time to play a little bit of golf and Brady and, uh, you know, his, his mom, my wife, Maggie, they enjoy going to the golf course too. But, you know, you mentioned the golf tournament, that's something that obviously is, is uh, close to a lot of us. And so we'll continue to run that tournament and we do the city championship. So, you know, you just find time. There's fine. There's always time in the day. And, you got to, like I said before, you just got to balance it a little bit and, uh, you know, try to get as much done as you can. Jamie Henderson joining Dave McKegg and I on the game, general manager and assistant coach of the Sioux Thunderbirds. And Jamie, we'll start with the T-Birds. Uh, certainly a busy weekend this weekend, resuming your border battle against the Sioux Eagles at the John Rhodes Community Center on Friday night. The Thunderbirds skate away with a one-goal victory, and then you win on the road on a Saturday. So far, so good for the Thunderbirds. 6-1, 0-1, top of the league uh, in the West Division, also in the top 20 of the Canadian Junior Hockey rankings you have a loaded roster Jamie uh what are your thoughts so far on the season and trying to navigate this COVID-19 with the protocols and such how's everything gone so far for the Thunderbirds from a general manager's perspective yeah well it's definitely uh, you know a different uh off season you know it's it's not a new role for me I've had this role before so that's really you know helped right. in terms of recruiting and all that but you know definitely you know we didn't have a, we weren't able to have a you know, a spring camp like we normally would. So uh, lots of, lots of video, you know, a lot watching a lot of video, U18 video, um, whether it's, uh, you know, the American league over there, um, you know, or, you know, the great North league or down in Toronto, watching a lot of video 
and just, you know, kind of seeing who was available, who wanted to come up here and play. And you never really know until kind of September, October, what your roster is going to look like in this league, because, you know, you have your players that hope to make the OHL, you have your players that hope to make the North American league, hockey league, uh, yeah. BCHL, whatever, you know, whatever it is, we, we understand that for most, a lot of cases, uh, the older players, especially, you know, might be looking at, you know, maybe a little bit, um, you know, tougher leagues or maybe higher profile leagues, but uh, we're pretty confident in what we're able to offer our players, uh, you know, in terms of development and, um, you know, so far so good. Like I said, we're not really focused too much on, you know, um, the, uh, the, uh, the results per se or where we sit in the standings or where we sit in rankings. Uh, we got into this, you know, Cole and Trevor, Cole's wife, uh, the Jarrett's and Trevor Daly to just help hockey players, um, you know, have a chance to move on to the next level. So, um, you know, we want to work with these, we, these young men to hopefully help them get to the OHL, uh, to college, Canadian University, NCA, whatever it is. And, you know, if we're, we're kind of a theory. If we do that enough, then all the results will take care of itself. So it's certainly nice to have the results so far. A uh, little gratification in terms of how, you know, we've done, um, you know, so far. But ultimately, it's really not even something we talk about. We're just trying to get better every day, whether it's us as a staff or, um, you know, the players. And, and if we do that, um, then I think we'll be in a good position come, uh, you know, March, April, when, uh, when the games start to matter a little bit more. See, the one thing I like, Hendo, is that, you know, look at the roster before. Uh, I believe there's a lot of home cooking on your team. Like, I believe there's yep. 18 players. I could be wrong, 18 or 19 total uh, players that you have that are Sioux, Sioux-ites. And the Sioux Thunderbirds have always been uh, have always been t- taken pride of having their home uh, home players play for them. But they've also had teams where they were split down the middle or sometimes even more than home. Uh, was that important for you coming in or was it just kind of per se the luck of the draw having the right players and they're all from the Sioux coincidentally? Like what was kind of the plan with that? Was it trying to get those players that may have a lot of familiarity with each other growing up uh, and just being from Sioux St. Marie in general, or was that just the luck of the draw when the team got put together this year? Yeah, I would say definitely uh, not lucky. <laughs> it's something that we definitely focused on. I think, I think that's where the, you know, being the coach and Cole has helped me the last two years with that team is all these young players on the Thunderbirds are all players that we've worked with for at least, at least a minimum of one season. So that's huge for us. Um, you know, there's no surprises. They know how we want to play. They know what our focus is and that's being hockey players and making plays. Um, we're, you know, so I think, um, you know, we have a younger team. I don't know if we have that many two guys. I think it's more around 15 or so, but, um, you know, being the head coach of U18, we're, we're ultimately super familiar with every single one of these players from the Sioux coming up. Uh, there were a couple of, you know, the older players that we didn't know as well, um, you know, like a Russell Oldham kind of kind of thing. But in terms of like all the other players on the on the Thunderbirds that were already there before we came back, you know, I coached them all in either minor midget or major midget. Um, and we knew what they can do. In some cases, uh, we weren't sure how well they would adjust early on. But, um, you know, just to throw out a few names, like, you know, guys like Creel Solomon and Colby Fellinger, um, from the U18 program last year. I mean, both young guys still 304s, but they've been awesome to start. Michael Beltrano, you know, Noel Mativia, they're, they're all, they've all been an impact player. So we knew uh, that they were good players, but last year being a COVID year, we weren't really sure how much of an impact they, they would make uh, this early. Um, you know, and, and the league's only going to get tougher, so it is early, and we understand that. That's where the experience uh, 
you know, I, like I've been around here for a while in this league and on and off for the last, you know, decade or so. And so we understand that the league's going to get tougher and it'll be, you know, harder and harder and harder for these young players to, to continue to make impacts. But, um, you know, it's great that they've started off so well. And um, yeah, I mean, it's important to have local players. Hopefully more local players means more people want to come and watch the games and, you know, they'll, uh, you know, their grandmas come, their aunts and uncles come, their cousins, all that kind of stuff. Right. So that's a part of it, but ultimately we, you know, the, I think the Thunderbirds were founded back in the, in the nineties to give players an opportunity to stay here and go to Sioux college and go to Algoma U and finish high school. And if they end up moving on after a year or two with us, then great. We're happy to be part of their development. And if they end up staying here and want to go to college and play hockey after being Sioux Thunderbirds, like lots of players have in the past, then we're, we're equally as happy to uh, facilitate that as well. Jamie Henderson joining us on the game, including Dave McKegg, as we are talking at the great North under 18 hockey league. Uh, Jamie, you're the head coach for the Sioux junior Greyhounds season underway. Just give us a snapshot on how that has gone so far and the partnership that that team has with the Sioux Thunderbirds and the Sioux Greyhounds. Certainly you being with two of those three organizations certainly has to help in the partnership realm. Well, um, we haven't started our regular season yet, but we did play three exhibition games against Thunder Bay. And that was a real eye opener for our, for our young group. Um, You know, we have, I think 11, 15 year olds on the team and Thunder Bay came into town with 10, uh, 17 year olds on the team. So it's quite a, quite an eye opener (laughs) physically for some of our group, but they did great. We battled them really tough the first night losing uh, two nothing, including an empty netter. And then we won a really big kind of early season win and, and a confidence boost for our team on Saturday. And then Sunday, we ran out of steam, missing a few guys. I think we were missing about five guys uh, for Sunday's game with injuries and um, whatnot. And uh, we, let, we ended up losing 5 nothing. But we were in the game in the third and gave up a couple late ones. So, so far, so good. You know, the injury bug has hit both teams. You know, we've had, I think, between the two teams that I managed, we're at about 10 injuries. Uh, a, a byproduct of COVID last year and not playing contact, uh, or if it's just one of those fluke things, but hopefully that's, that's all behind us. Uh, we could get healthy here. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously, that was a big part of the Thunderbirds, um, you know, I think with Cole and Trevor in terms of being able to, you know, work with me with the U18 to, to, to help bring these 17 year olds up with the Thunderbirds and allow more 15 year olds to continue to develop uh, because we don't have, minor midget or U16 it's called now and U18 hockey here we just have the one team uh, unlike Sudbury and North Bay we're you know we were concerned with you know what happens to a player when they do get cut um, from our team at 15 years old you know we might lose them to high school hockey or maybe they get into football or basketball and and maybe they leave the game so hopefully by um, you know this year on the U18 we have no 17 year olds it's all 15 and 16 year olds and all the 17 year olds who who, um, you know, wanted to move on basically or with the Thunderbirds. So that's kind of something we feel is important for the development of uh, young hockey players. And if the players are ready uh, to make the jump to the NOJHL, then great. And if they're not and they need a third year of U18 hockey, then, uh, you know, that's an option as well. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it's great that, you know, last year we had Austin Fellinger drafted by the Greyhounds. The year before we had Connor Toms drafted by the Greyhounds. Um, you know, we had, uh, you know, we've had some pretty good success there. But, the drafting is just one part of it. We really want to try and prepare these players to actually make the league. And we, we get caught up in numbers in terms of how many draft picks. It's really about just helping them get to where they need to get to. And it's great for that one day to be drafted. But 
um, ultimately our goal is to help these kids actually make it to a, to a higher level. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to do that. See, you know, you have a great staff with the birds too. And I'm going to save for when you're on the top shelf edition, uh, what to talk about the Millsies, Anthony and Joey, and of course, uh, Jeremy Rebick and Reebok, uh, if I call them, everyone calls them Reebok. Uh, but you know, yourself, you started off with the actually Thunderbirds and assistant coach, and uh, you started under Sean Gagnon, then that moved on to Mitzi, and then you just moved on and grew from the game even from there. Uh, and yes, a little fact for one, yes, Hendo did coach me the one year with the Perds. I always bring that up when I do talk to you. Uh, and yeah. yourself, uh, yourself, and even Anthony Miller are quite familiar with the game sports show. Uh, you've been on with me for shows, even with uh, Joe Bowen. Even Anthony Miller's been on for shows. So it's, uh, it's good to see like the way that you've grown into the game and it's good to see someone like Anthony Miller. And I know Joey Mo, those are some Thunderbird legends there uh, next to a good friend of mine. And obviously someone, you know, really well, Jerry Patingolo. Uh, sure. there's, there's a lot of local talent that has developed here in Sault Ste. Marie. And I love when you bring up the point that, you know, you're trying to help grow this local talent and the Thunderbirds have always been such a great organization and successful and just going yeah. to yourself as a general manager, just in case some people may not know uh, what the day in the life is as a general manager in the NOJHL, can you give maybe kind of a brief point of what you can expect as a GM or even, or even with the, with a trade call or anything yeah. of how that breakdown goes, uh, just in case somebody may not know how that kind of works on that end. Sure. Well, I mean, at this level, you know, when, you know, we don't have a, the same size staff or a budget as say the OHL would, you really have a lot of different hats and that goes the same with Cole, you know, being the coach and, and co-owner is, you know, you basically put on any hat you need to put on, you know, the first night, for example, Thunderbirds opening night, I was helping at the door because the lineup was out the door. And so I helped at the, uh, you know, taking tickets and, and taking people's money. Um, you know, you're, you're helping oversee kind of the, the game day operations um, you know, making sure the lineups are all set, making sure everyone's approved, especially early on in the season. There's a lot of paperwork. Everyone has to be registered and uh, making sure everything's all set with the league. And that's that's, the you know, probably one of the biggest things is, you know, it's not just as simple as you, you pick up a player and boom, he's in your lineup. Um, you know, there's paperwork to be done and there's contracts to be signed and um, there's there's liaison with the with the league as to what they need. Um, so there, there's all that side, the administrative side of things. And then ultimately at the start of the year, you know, we, the first couple of weeks, we only had, I think it was nine or 10 forwards and five defensemen. So literally you're watching video nonstop. You're making calls, you're, you're texting fellow GMs. Hey, who, who are you looking to move? Um, you know, we're looking for this. Uh, we're looking for that. And, and that, that starts to slow down as your team gets built. But even now, you know, every day there's, I, I'm in, communication with a, a few general managers to see you know we're looking to you know i think we have a good nucleus right now but i think i'd be lying if i said you know we're not always looking to make our team better and so um you're always looking to talk to talk to guys and see who's available and um you know somebody that might be able to help your team and fit in with the group we have um and and then obviously there's the business side of things you know we're trying to build the the, the brand of the Sioux thunderbirds and whether that's advertising or uh, fundraising um, and player promotion is a big part as well, you know? So, you know, you mentioned a couple of the guys there, you know, Anthony Miller does a great job with our social media. Matt Stefano is unbelievable with, um, you know, putting out our stories and all that. So, you know, there's a, like I said, any given day, you might wear a different hat in terms of what maybe is a priority on that day. But ultimately I think the success of the Thunderbirds has been, you. there's always people that are, is, are willing to do um, whatever is needed. 
And like I said, if that means, you know, selling tickets one night or, you know, uh, sweeping the floor or whatever it is, I mean, we're all in to, to give these players a great um, product, a great program and a great opportunity to get to the next level. And that's why I got into it. Uh, geez, 12 years ago now, whatever it was. And that's why I continue to get into it. You know, we're trying to make this, you know, the top program in the league and one of the top programs in the province. And, uh, you know, we've had some great, um, we've had some great runs with championship teams, but more importantly, you know, more important than that would be, we've had a ton of players move on, whether it's the OHL, NCA, Canadian university, and we've had a bunch of great young men move on to, be firefighters and uh, lawyers and doctors and all that kind of stuff. So those are the things that, you know, really excite us and, and are just as important as the on ice stuff. Jamie Henderson joining us on the game from the Sioux Thunderbirds, Sioux Junior Greyhounds and the Ottawa 67s. Jamie, appreciate you taking time out to talk to Dave and I about everything going on with you and certainly with all the hats you wear and all the information that is out there. We'll very gladly get you back on our show here in a few weeks and probably as a recurring role with everything going sure. on. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, once again, happy Thanksgiving and uh, best of luck this weekend. And during the season, we'll talk to you again, I'm sure, in the next few weeks. Sure. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. All yeah. right. We're going to take a break. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, Hendo, it was great having you. And we'll, uh, we, so much hats you have, we couldn't even talk about your scouting position with the 67. <laughs> so we'll make sure we touch on that a lot more. But uh, sure. Sir, Certainly. Thanks for taking the time. Sorry, Scotty. <laughs> no, that's, that's all right. A little teaser for our next interview. We're going to take a break, but Dave McKegg will stick around for our next segment as we will talk more about the world of hockey all coming up on the twin Sioux's only local regional and national sports show, the game ESPN 1400. And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400 Scott Mason with you coming up Next, we'll be talking regional sports with co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports in the Metro Detroit sports area. But we are continuing to be joined by co-hosts of the game here on ESPN of 1400 and host of the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario, David McKay Jr. And Dave, a great interview with Jamie Henderson. Man, that guy is a busy guy. I totally forgot about his golf course and all that stuff. And uh, certainly uh, someone we're going to kind of get a recurring role on both our platforms and shows. Uh, certainly a lot of information from Hendo. Definitely. You know what? And uh, of course, everyone knows that I know Hendo quite well from him uh, coaching myself, knowing him from and through my hockey trainer growing up as well, Billy Condero, uh, but as well as just keeping in touch with, with the game because, of course, the game sports show uh, being involved locally for over a handful of years now too. And Hendo's obviously been uh, really big inside the local development for, for hockey here in Sault Ste. And I got to give him a lot of kudos uh, because he, def he definitely does a lot uh, for the hockey community here in Sault Ste. Marie and just for the game in general. And that goes for hockey, that goes for golf. Uh, you know, as a coach and player, I'll flat out say that him and I always didn't get along, but uh, I, uh, <laughs> that's not a bad thing. We always just had a different competitive side, and uh, I know he always respected me as a player, and I obviously always respected him as a coach. So uh, we developed and grew a relationship further as, uh, as the hockey went on and moved forward and now doing different tasks on my end, and him growing in his task is definitely great to see. And he's definitely, uh, everything he's been getting so far uh, is definitely well deserved and I think the sky is the limit for Hendo. Dave let's start our segment with the Ontario Hockey League the Sioux Greyhounds in action to open up their 
OHL regular season at the GFL Memorial Gardens over this past weekend. On Friday night, the Hounds defeated North Bay by the score of a 4-1. to one. Tanner Dixon would score the game-winning goal in the second period. With other goals by Rory Cairns, Cole McKay, and Robert Kalisti, Samuel Ivanoff earned the win in net for the Greyhounds on Friday. And on Saturday, the Sudbury Wolves would double up the Hounds by the score of 6-3. to three. The Hounds 1-1 one one on the season so far. They'll be on the road this week, starting Thursday night in Barrie, Friday night at Guelph, and Saturday at Owen Sound. You can hear all Greyhounds games. Over on our sister station, Rock 101 with Jerry Liscomb Jr. Uh, Dave, not a bad start for the Hounds getting that opening night win. Uh, Sudbury took it to them a bit on Saturday. Your thoughts as far as the Greyhounds opening weekend? You know, I, I see flat out there, 50, uh, the tradition jerseys that they have were pretty, pretty different, but really good. And I don't mean different. In the I like them. Uh, they're definitely, uh, they're available for auction too, that uh, you can get your hands on one of those if you like. They're certainly attractive jerseys and definitely a big season uh, for the grounds. 50 years. That's a lot. Uh, a lot of years to be playing in the Ontario Hockey League and definitely a very uh, proud hockey and uh, community here in Sault Ste. Marie. And just this start, I've uh, seen that home opener, of course, you know, everything, uh, the vaccination rules are in place. And I know a lot more people are getting vaccinated because of either coaching or being able to go see Hound games. So that's always positive. Uh, but going one and one is better than going 0 and 2. Certainly they would have liked to go 2 and 0. Uh, but I think the game against the battalion, they, since the puck drop of that game, I felt like they were the better team in that game. Uh, when you play against Sudbury, Sudbury is surprisingly a, a really good hockey team. I don't mean that in any kind of insulting way because uh, it's Sudbury. Of course, Sault Ste. Marie and Sudbury have a big rivalry all the time. Uh, but Sudbury, I didn't anticipate them to have the roster that they had. And I think Sudbury is going to be a, a good team going down for the entire uh, entirety of the season. I could be wrong, of course, because last year is a hard year to gauge how teams are going to be going into this year because they didn't play last year right you're looking at the year before you're looking at some of the talent that they drafted from the year before people that they've signed or players that they had from the year before that are now a year and a half older so it's a lot different and Sudbury looked good on the ice but the the, the two same grounds were in the game uh they weren't definitely out of place and I think going into this week uh when they play Barry when they play Guelph and uh, when they play Owen Sound and then they got the rematch against Sudbury the following week you know I think I think they're going to try to keep building from a strong start and I can see the Thunderbirds staying above 500 for the season Scotty but uh, they they need to kind of work on a few things on their game uh, but they're certainly not a team where you should be raising red flags and again it's only two games in where you shouldn't be raising red flags anyways uh, but it's certainly an exciting team that they're icing right now and it's definitely going to be a big weekend for them if they can try to keep building and some momentum early in the year. Early days in the OHL, early days in the NOJHL, as we talked a little bit about this with Jamie Henderson, the Sioux Thunderbirds and the Sioux Eagles tangled for the first time this season on Friday night. The Thunderbirds would skate away with a 4-3 to three overtime win as Caden Dundas scored two minutes into overtime. The T-Birds and Eagles were both in action on Saturday. The Eagles, or rather the T-Birds, completed a weekend sweep as they traveled to Elliott Lake and topped the Red Wings 7-4, to while the Eagles played a home game of sorts at the Rankin Arena on Saturday against Blind River. Of course, the Eagles still cannot play their league home games at Puller Stadium due to the border closure, and the Eagles skated away with a 4-3 to win of standings right now in the NLJHL's West Division. Pretty tight, Dave. The T-Birds are tied with Blind River 
for first place with 13 points. The T-Birds have played three less games than the Beavers. Greater Sudbury is in third with 12 points, while the Sioux Eagles sit fourth with nine points. However, the Eagles have played four less games than the Sudbury uh, squad. Uh, so pretty good results for both the Eagles and Thunderbirds early in the season. Definitely. You know what? And we, of course, was talking with Hendo, uh, the being top, they're only eight games in, right? Uh, the, even the Eagles being four, two and one, that's a strong start. You know, you're above 500 uh, and Sudbury, Blind River have both played 11 games each or just a game uh, over 500 or two if you're Blind River. Uh, so it's really tight in the West division there for the NOJHL. But uh, Thunderbirds obviously being the higher win percentage at this time, given the amount of games that they have played. And even with the Eagles, they played one less game than the Birds, seven games that they've played. OK, so they're li- looking at four games less. OK, four games less than Blind River and Sudbury. And let's say the Eagles win those four games. That's eight points. They'd be first place in the division. OK, so that, that's that's that is very unique about this year. Okay. Kind of with the Eagles having to play uh, their quote unquote home games in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, post being over the border. And hopefully that gets resolved uh, in the near future as we progress and vaccination numbers increase. Uh, but it's good to see the Thunderbirds, the start that they've had. I obviously have a soft spot for the blind river beavers, as everybody knows. Uh, they, they also have a competitive team, but I think the Eagles and birds, those are looking like the teams that are going to be the top two this year. And I think the beavers are going to be fighting for up there as well. Cause they're always, uh, pesky those beavers of course right so Thunderbird should be very proud of their start uh, right out of the gate their start right out of the gate being 6-1 on one and 0.813 percentage so far up to this point the only questions I've been kind of receiving uh, is is kind of how they've let you know the 20 goals against but their goals for 37 and having the differential of 17 uh, how they've been able to be successful uh, in games with being having the higher goals for goals against uh, like, like, are they going to be able to keep this up for the season? I think with Noah Zappa between the pipes, I think with the players that they've had, I think they're going to be very strong putting up offensive numbers. I think with their goaltending, they're going to be very strong on keeping the puck out of the net that's defensively and in goal. So I think the differential for goals for and goals against, which is going to play an imperative part in winning games, of course, does some expert media there for you. Uh, they are going to be successful all year in those front because they are, strong on the offensive side and defensive side of the puck. And I see a lot with the Eagles, uh, just with the Eagles, they do have a bit less of a differential, but I think their game will evolve to be uh, at the top of the standings and maintain pace uh, with both the birds, beavers, and also you can consider the Cubs in there as well. No offense to the wings or express, but you can see where the top four teams are at this current point. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, will close our segment with the National Hockey League. The regular season will begin tomorrow night. Tampa Bay will host Pit- Pittsburgh, rather. And the brand-new Seattle Kraken is at the Vegas Golden Knights. The Maple Leafs will open up at home Wednesday against Montreal. The Wings, which we'll talk about more with Butch coming up in our next segment, that they'll be home to Tampa Bay. And uh, this year, Dave, a little different look or quite a bit different look than last year. The NHL is back to the four divisions. Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa will join the Wings back in the Atlantic Division. Uh, You'll have the Seattle Kraken, I believe, joining the Pacific Division. You're going to have fans, for the most part, in attendance, uh, full capacity in most stadiums, if not all. What are you looking forward to this NHL season, Dave? I know you're going to have a lot more to say about it on top shelf later this week, but just uh, two, three minutes. What are you looking for this season? And uh, what are some of your expectations 
for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll flat out say right now, everyone that knows who I am and listened to previous shows or even have talked to me off air, I've been disgusted with Toronto, and that's the word I've used. I don't think I'm the only one. I've watched, uh, of course, the All or Nothing. That is definitely a fantastic series. And, you know, I, 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 I gained a bit more respect for Dubas and uh, Keith. No offense, Dubas is a homegrown guy, of course, and I know he's a good friend of a good friend of mine, so I don't mean any uh, insult with that. But I'm saying as I... I thought maybe the players uh, were a lot more to blame than the coaching after listening to that. But if you haven't watched that series, do that. But everyone knows that I'm a Leaf fan, and I, I was so excited last year, more so than any year. And Leaf fans haven't seen Toronto move past the first round in 17 seasons. They haven't seen a cup in 54 years. I'm 30, so obviously, you know, I didn't see a cup. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of things where last year left me disappointed and going into this year, it's hard to be more excited. I like the additions. Nick Ritchie's great. Andre cash has a great risk kind of pick David camp, a good bottom pick. Uh, Michael Matteo, Sault Ste. Marie native has cracked the open night roster. I was surprised that Nikita Gusev got cut, especially since McKayev's hurt and find out today that Austin Matthews is going to miss uh, three games another week. That's tough for uh, the gate for, uh, for Toronto. But if, if they're supposedly supposed to be a favorite, in the Atlantic, which is a very stacked division, Scotty, uh, or top team in the National Hockey League, good teams find ways to win. And will I be optimistic this year, Toronto? I'm not going to get my hopes up like I did last year. I'm going to maintain my realism Leaf fan status that I very proudly have, I believe. But it's hard to be more excited going into this year than it was last year. I'm very flat out going to say. Uh, but it's great that hockey's around the corner. Mark Giordano's the captain of the Seattle Kraken. That was just announced as well. Uh, you have a lot of faces in new places, which is just great to see. You have Seattle playing in general, which is uh, fantastic. You got the Kajala jerseys getting brought back by the by the coyotes you know there's a lot of storylines the olympics this year okay that's going to be amazing and canada's playing china in the olympics i'm sorry i don't know if i'm going to watch that game no offense <laughs> uh no offense but overall puck is going to be dropping in national hockey league scotty and i think this year the atlantic division is going to be uh, the strongest division uh, in hockey again this year because uh, you got Tampa, you got Florida. It's very exciting to watch that division just looking great. The wings are building and building. Uh, I just think that overall that division is going to be the one to really to keep an eye on. And just the Pacific division, I think that's so wide open now with Seattle being in there. Uh, Vegas is obviously a favorite in that division, I would say, with Edmonton being a close second. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot about that on our top shelf edition here with the game uh, sports show and the game entertainment and media. But you specifically asked about Toronto. That was my thoughts about Toronto, which really isn't much. Uh, the, the ads that they made, it's great to see some changes. I was sad that Freddie left, uh, but it, well, even watching that series, Scotty, and watching Freddie's interviews, it just seemed like he was checked out. You know, like checked you, out. Yeah, you see, I agree. Like, it seemed that he was so checked out. And seeing Mitch and Matthews crying here, I'm spoiling it a little bit. That is, uh, that is, uh, I was a little bit kind of felt bad for them, but then I realized how much they make a year, so I don't feel as bad. But Jack Campbell is my favorite Maple Leaf right now. Uh, Jack Campbell is such a nice guy. Uh, and such a well-loved guy in the locker room. And I just hope that this year they can make up for last year, but it's going to be tougher because you got Tampa back in the division, Florida strong, Boston, still Boston. Uh, you got Montreal. And of course we wish the best here on the game to carry price, but the Leafs are going in shorthanded for the first week. And hopefully they don't get a slow start because in that division, if you get behind, you're going to be, you're going to be in trouble for the remainder of the season. So puck is dropping this week. 
it's exciting, Scott. And I'm sure even though your Red Wings are rebuilding, I'm sure you're excited too. I am David. And you mentioned the all or nothing series on Amazon prime with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I did watch it as well. And I'm not a Maple Leafs fan. I do hope they do well because of the proximity of a lot of our fans, but boy, am I a Jack Campbell fan after watching that, that guy, you know, it took him a while to get up to the league and uh, certainly he had a lot of success and I'm hoping he has more Dave. You mentioned a brand new edition of top shelf coming up this week. Also tomorrow night, we'll have a new edition of the game sports show soccer show with uh, Daniel Scarpino and myself. Uh, we got about a minute left. What else is on deck for you and your crew over in Sioux, Ontario? Uh, lots going on. The shows are back in action. So Wednesday we'll have in the pocket again, weekly EJ has been hosting that the last couple of weeks. He's been taking some free shots at me too, in my absence. <laughs> uh, but I will be back this week. Uh, you mentioned top shelf. We'll have that this week as well. We anticipate to have that uploaded on Tuesday. Uh, which might be in connection with your soccer show, uh, of course, in the pocket Wednesday. And then our next uh, edition that we're going to be uploading uh, is a special edition upload. It's going to be actually our final special edition upload for a couple weeks because we're going to be launching that platform that's been rumored around town for the game entertainment and media. But it's because the game sports is going to be resorting to YouTube and video uploads. So we're going to be having a couple weeks, maybe three weeks, off for special edition. So we, but we will have another special edition upload before that break from the special editions. And that will be with Patrick Jarrett. Of course, that it's a Sioux. Everyone from the Sioux will love that. He's a former first overall pick in the Ontario hockey league. Uh, so that'll be an exciting edition as well. So we got multiple news shows, Scotty, uh, and we will have a contest giveaway this week as well. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. You just got to make sure you keep your eye on all of where you listen to your podcasts where you listen to your radio or just go to the gamesportshow.com or at the gamesportshow on Facebook and Instagram. And you can keep up to date because we provide everything, Scotty, and we're damn good at it. Just fight out. Going to be honest. <laughs> I like, I like you being honest. And I would agree 100%. David McKay Jr. Joining us on the game. Dave, again, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and your entire family. Thanks for joining us on this. Well, what is a pretty nice, although rain is expected later on, Monday night, and we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Sounds good, Scotty. And I must quickly say, make sure everyone looks at Team Brad Jacobs on social media. He's in the IG Wealth Management Showdown uh, this week. And as we were recording, he was in the middle of a game. So uh, just check him out on social media. And everyone from the Sioux, keep an eye on that. You know, Brad Jacobs, Olympic gold medalist. Uh, great to see. And thank you again, Scotty. Uh, thanks to, Henderson, uh, to Jamie Henderson and obviously to our listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Talk to everyone next week and throughout the week with all of our shows. Yes, indeed. We're going to take a break here on the game. We come back. We're going to talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400.